Yolanda, I missed you last week. I was busy recuperating. I was sleep. Not even sleeping. I was sleep. I was so mad. But guess what? Because <laughs> on, on Friday, July 14th, Corey Murray is going to be off. Uh-oh. Okay. I put in my my vacation day <laughs> a week after festival. And where you going, Corey Murray? I'm just going to be at home. <laughs> Actually, what I'm going to do is get these highlights redone because people have been asking me, Corey, you letting your hair grow out? No. I just haven't had time to go I to actually like it. It's really funky. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. But welcome back. Yay. Thank you. I'm so good. To, well, I'm glad to be back. Yes. Now, this week, mm -hmm. we just had the most amazing talk with Angela Rye. Yes. Oh, my God. And she was up in here giving you activist glow. Fly girl, political pundit. Yes. Y'all know her from CNN when she be straight reading fools, yes. i.e. government officials, <gasps> politicians, she's the so president. Quick with it. Yes. She's yes. like a rapper. But she's about to come out with her own podcast. Yes. So, you know, we're spreading the podcast love. Yep. And then Candace Benbo. Benbo, who many of you probably by now, if you haven't heard of her, please go Google her because she wrote 443, the essay that everybody's talking about. Candace also wrote the Lemonade Syllabus and the Seat of the Table Syllabus. I want to know that the Carters and the Knowles have invited I, her to a seat a, at the table. At the Knowles Carter. Ferg, what is her husband? Ferguson? husband Ferguson Table. Yes. She, she, Up in the hills in California. Or New Orleans. Yeah, this is true. The Garden District, wherever they live. This wherever is they true. Live. But yeah, no, but she was wonderful. She learned so much. One of the quotes I wrote down uh, when she was talking about her, you know, the process she went through in writing 443 is that she now, when she goes into relationships, she needs to determine if this person is a safe space for her. Or will they provide a safe space for her? Can you like, imagine? Can you imagine if we were all 18 when we started dating and someone said, when you're looking for a partner or whatever, ask, the, ask yourself, ask the person, are you a safe space for me? Imagine if the world was like that. But okay. No. We're not. Nope. Well, hopefully we'll get there. Yeah. So check out their conversations a little later in the podcast. But first, I want to hear, what was your Essence Festival highlight, Miss Yolanda? Um, the legal one or the illegal one? I want to hear kidding. both. <laughs> I want to hear both. I'm a mother of two and I'm married. I don't have anything illegal going on. Just saying. Silence. Um, <laughs> my highlight was really um, seeing Solange, of course, because you know I worship at the Solange Church. Yes, you um, are the president of the fan yes, club. Yes, I am okay. because... Right. I feel like Solange is me. I'm I'm older than Solange, much older than Solange. But when I was younger, I was kind of the odd, the odd one, the kind of I really love the arts and you know, when you're the kind of the black sheep of the family and I feel like she's me when I was like, you know, 20. I don't know how old she is. 30? I don't know. I'll Google. But yeah. Loved her. Loved her performance. And she gave you straight Solange movements. Um, those of us who love her dance moves, we were thoroughly thrilled to see them live. And of course, Chance the Rapper was there and he was amazing. I love that young boy. Oh my God. I do. Um, I do want to kind of have him in my pocket. Can I give you a side note? In your note? pocket? <laughs> so I took my Haitian mother-in-law to Essence Festival. I love it. Um, and she kept seeing Chance in the hotel, but she didn't know because I didn't know this at 80 years old, she had never been to a concert before. Oh, wow. And she went, first she was like, oh, I'm just going to see Donna Ross. That's all she wants to do. But then you know, we didn't want to leave it in a hotel room. So we were like, well, just come to see Chance. Like, you'll enjoy it. And apparently she went up to him the next day and said, oh, my God, you're my first concert. Well, you know, it was her first concert experience as far as, you know, something on this level. And she said, you were great. And he gave her a hug. Oh, he's such a sweet boy. So, Chance, thank you for hugging my Haitian mother-in-law. I love it. And I say boy, not because I'm trying to be rude, but 
I feel like 23. I don't know. Young man. He's a young, young man. man. That's a young oh, man. Beautiful young and man. And Solange is 31. Oh, okay. Because okay. she just had her birthday. She had a, an amazing birthday. Her birthday, um, she was saying how at the BET Awards was like the best weekend ever because she had won and then something else had happened great for her. Well, something great is always happening for so Solange. So clearly I'm not the president because no. I didn't know her age and I didn't know when her birthday was. Okay. Okay. Take it back. But also the, the daytime um, empowerment stuff was really like this year was Maxine Waters. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Angela Rye was there. It was really just it was one of my favorite uh, festivals. And I think also, as you and I know, we're always working at the festival. But I think this year we kind of got a little bit of time to. I saw your your slack. You were like, OK, guys, we can have a quick meet me at the coffee. I mean, meet me at the bar. <laughs> A quick like recap Drink. but 15 minutes before we have to go ahead to the shows so but i yeah. was like you know yolanda get it in yeah that's yeah. what i'm about getting it in yes <laughs> it was fun now speaking of getting in did rob kardashian what did he get himself into jesus all i know is i don't know where i was when those instagrams started popping up but my data plan i had to get off my data plan and go on airplane mode and give you wi-fi only because <laughs> This young man was taking all my data. It was like the best telenovela I have watched in a very long time. I you're not supposed to laugh into the microphone, but I had to pull back because oh my! And you know what? For me, like you know, you log on Twitter, and if I'm looking at Twitter on my desktop, you know, I you know, you see the Twitter was trending. So when I saw his name trending, I didn't think anything. I was like, well, they're always. But then folks was like, yo, yo, he gave it to you know, he gave the people what they needed. I mean, not what they needed, what they wanted. I it know. was like, first you started on his Instagram page. Right? Well, first it was on the Shade Room, mm-hmm. right? Black China was kissing some man and sent him a thing. So then you go on, on Shade Room. Okay, okay, let me go on the Shade Room. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me go on Rob's page. Oh, my God. Let me go to Fameless. Oh, my God. <laughs> there was just so much. And it's all about, um, you guys know, I don't need to recap anything. But it was just, it had us all up in arms for about two hours. What day was that? Was it Monday? No. Was it a weekday? I feel like it was a weekend. We were off. No, but I kind of remember. No, I remember being in the office office because I remember seeing it. It must have been the day after festival. Yeah, it must have been. Because. Or like that Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, last night I was, um, I mean, this morning I was reading the uh, the Times, but of course I'm only reading the art section (laughs) of the Times. Let's just keep it real. And it was a recap of the late show's. Um, the best of the late shows and Trevor Noah basically said quote the big news Rob Kardashian's Instagram meltdown over his ex I bet when Donald Trump saw that on Twitter he was like it's gotten worse folks now there's a black China (laughs) God that's funny (laughs) and black China being on Good Morning America I mean I'm all for black womanhood and sisters but like I don't know I don't know please I'm not even gonna say anything I just don't know I don't know how I well, feel. Well, you know what I what I didn't know? I didn't know that revenge laws was a real thing. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, revenge porn laws is a real For thing. Real. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is this is legal. Yeah, no, this Rob is was illegal." Definitely wrong. The way he went about it. Yeah. I mean, you should never do that to any woman. And mm. I heard I don't follow I don't know much about the Kardashians, but I heard that Rob does this to to his exes. This is what he oh. this is his MO. And it's definitely wrong, and I hope she, China, does get whatever she um, deserves and her her dignity. Because just because she has that background does not mean that we need to be dragging and seeing and seeing all these parts of her that she did not sanction, yeah. you know. But 
I don't sis don't don't try to act like you're innocent in this though you know like I just I don't know I like I think Snoop for me summed it up best when Snoop was like you know what get off Twitter yeah take this fight someplace else nobody needs to have you know we don't need this much detail you hurt just man up and go over in a corner and go get your next chick because you can go find somebody else but I mean why did T.I. go in the comments I mean sir (laughs) T.I. I kind of need T.I. to have low-key to have a talk show. And I would watch I know, it. No, I would watch it. I would watch What about a podcast? Ooh. Because he, he can has be to be free. He can be free as he want to be. But then, ooh. Yeah. That but I kind of want to see him with them glasses speaking, though. I want to see him <laughs> speak. But when Rob, you talk about read for filth. Rob yes. was like, sir, you will not because you've had menage a trois with my former fiancé. You have no business saying anything. That was really good. Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> anyway. Well, well, that's our hot topics for the week. Oh, yeah. That was but a hot That was topic. hot. But she did get a restraining order, by the way. Which is good. Update, I think she needed good. that. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So let's get into some politics with Miss Angela Rye. Let's get serious. All right. Yolanda Girl. Corey. We got something special in the house. Uh-oh. Ooh-ooh. She is a noun, a verb. She's an adjective. Yes. She's a highlight because she's wearing this bright yellow that looks beautiful. Angela Rye's in the building. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Yay. And I know you've got receipts, but the biggest one is she's one of the May Woke 100 women who made our cover. Yes, she is. What an honor. It was such an honor. Thank you all for that feature. It was great. And I loved you ran out of there because you had you had a speaking engagement. I That's did like have a speaking your life engagement. Is on lit. Yeah. It is. Um, it's busy right now. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, thanks to the resistance, we got a lot going on. So, lot, <laughs> unfortunately, yes, on. fortunately or unfortunately, yeah. at least we're bonding behind something. I just wish it wasn't nonsense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, the biggest thing you're doing right now is you you're la- you've launched your own podcast. Yes, I love yes. the title. And one is it on one on one on one with a Rye. That yes. is the the name of the podcast, and um, super excited just because it's an opportunity to. Um, use a platform to, I think, not just reach our folks, but also ensure that people know exactly what we think about our issues. Um, and so it was great to have Congresswoman Waters as the first guest. Nice. That's I a called guess. Queen Maxine. Mm. Um, and she was, she was dope. She was so dope. So whether it's talking about Tupac being her favorite rapper or telling us what our next step should be, our next marching order should be in the resistance, she was everything as to be expected. Now, wow. I didn't, I missed her speech at Essence Festival, which mm-hmm. I know you were down there. Did you mm-hmm. see it? Did you? I saw saw highlights from Mm -hmm. it. I actually had um, another conflict. I had two panels and two talks while I was there. So I had a conflict and I missed it. But I did see the highlights. Yeah, I heard she had the whole room. Oh, yeah. Impeach 45. Yeah, she's ready. She's like, let me tell you what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Who else have you interviewed so far? Um, So, of course, it just launched Wednesday. Um, So that was the first one. And the next interview will be the Women's March organizers. Nice. Um, I love that. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be really good. Um, kind of wanted to set it off right, meaning talking to folks who've been engaged um, strategically in the resistance and talking to folks about what they can do to not lose hope. Um, and so that's why we we set it up that way. Why are you in uh, that space? I mean, because right now we love you so much on TV, given all the faces, all the reactions <laughs> that we have. I want to talk about your emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> have you always been- my emotional well being? <laughs> are you stable? Or are you not stable? No, but you know, like. Clearly, you you don't hide your emotions. Mm-hmm. Like you, 
but what I Literally but I love cannot. it. Yeah. yeah, because it's like, are you fucking kidding me right yeah. now? Yeah, and that's what your faces are saying. Yes, so. that's definitely what my face is saying at all times. At all constantly. times. <laughs> yeah, um, I wish that's not what my face was saying, but it feels that way. Um, I will tell you that this is not a rehearsed thing. It's quite the opposite. I have. Um, some type of visceral reaction where it just shows up on my face. Um, I blame my father, um, who my mom says does not have a filter. She still has held out hope for me and says that my filter is just broken because she has one. So um, I wish that there were um, other circumstances, but um, they're just, it's not. It is what it is. And so you have to react the way you need to react so you can stay sane in this piece. Yeah. <laughs> Angela, I, th- I think it, it would be just great for our listeners to hear about your journey, how you got here. I think the last two and a half years have been like exposure on steroids. Like it suddenly mm-hmm. was like, but I know you've been doing this work for a long time. So mm-hmm. can you tell us what your journey, how, how you got here? Sure. And as you represent your 206 yes. uh, plate necklace. Mm-hmm. Yes. Always rep the 206. That's the hometown, Seattle, Washington. Shout out to all the Seattle folks. Um, so... I don't know. I guess what I would tell you is um, I grew up in the house with um, a dad who is a community activist um, who still has a bullhorn in his trunk. Um, (laughs) Seriously, all jokes aside, there are banners in the garage that my mom is dying to get rid of that he's not letting go of. Um, All of them in on white banners with big red capital letters. That's his life. Um, and my mom, who was a is a retired college administrator, um, but also was fighting for the cause, but on campus. And so um, I think that I grew up in a space where um, fighting for the underdog or fighting for people who don't have equal access, fighting for equality and equity weren't optional. They were required. Um, so whether it was speaking up for a friend at school who didn't, you know, who didn't have the opportunity to say something or couldn't or felt like they couldn't, um, that was part of life. Um, and so I went to law school. Um, while I was in law school, um, I really wanted to see if there was, you know, some interaction between activism and politics that I could get down with. And the only person that I'd ever seen do that work successfully was Congresswoman Maxine Waters. So that was my first political job. My first internship was with her, oh, wow. Um, wow. which is also why that first interview was so meaningful, because it's it's nice to see. Um, the resurrection of a mentor to me, right? Like, you know, the young folks are like, oh, she's the man. I'm like, she been doing this, y'all. Like, yes. literally had the tweet, she's been doing this, y'all. Like, um, and so, to me, seeing someone who figured out the critical nexus between activism for our folks, whether we lived in her congressional district or not, and politics was awesome. And I saw it there and I fell in love with the process through the lens of a Maxine Waters Um and after leaving the um, the internship, I was going to work for Johnny Cochran, um, mm. the Cochran firm, and he died my last year in law school. So I was like, Congressman Waters, what should I do now? She's like, I told you to go to the Hill. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do that exactly. I ended up going to work at an organization called Nafio that represents HBCUs and predominantly black colleges um, and really thought it was important to advocate for entities that I respected and it trained up, you know, grandparents and my friends and um, that kind of thing. And then went to work on the Hill when the Democrats took over on the Homeland Security Committee on the House side, um, still representing and advocating for issues we care most about. I got to work for a black chairman named Benny Gordon Thompson from the great state of Mississippi. And then from there, I went to work for the Congressional Black Caucus as the executive director, really ended up falling into television because it was never a path that I wanted to um 
to go down. I just yeah. had never been interested in it, but it happened and it worked. So how did it happen? Um, I was asked to do a uh, well. First, I did a C-SPAN. They have a show called Q and A with mm-hmm. Brian Lamb. Mm-hmm. I did that, and um, Roland Martin's executive producer was doing a show called Measuring the Movement that Nan would host on uh, National Action Network would host on TV One every year. So Jay saw me on that and asked me to participate on one of those panels. Jay was also, uh, well, like I said, Roland's executive producer, so they asked me to come on Washington Watch after that. And it just kept going on. And then um, I had a friend who was a senior exec at MSNBC and was like, you want to keep doing television? And I was like, sure. So I fell into kind of the MSNBC space, and then from there, CNN. So you were just going to keep this magic behind closed doors like we wouldn't have known i didn't know it was a thing (laughs) like my friends will tell you like the person who you see on television is the exact same person that shows up in conversations um maybe sometimes less animated maybe sometimes more animated depends on if we're talking about cardi b or not you know it just depends (laughs) so it's just there it just really it it's it's the same representation like there's no front I saw um, Charlemagne, the God's uh, former podcast guest. Shout out, Charlemagne. Uh-huh. He tweeted your a promotion for your podcast, uh-huh. but he was like, you've been on one, and it's this clip of you singing to SWV. SWV. <laughs> but I love it because it is, we all were her. Like, yes. Right. No. And Listen, the, the fourth unofficial member. <laughs> what you mean? And the fifth unofficial member of Escape. Oh, wow. What you mean? And <laughs> and the baby mentee of In Vogue, all four of the fifth one of those two. What you mean? You're doing a lot. The fourth uh, unofficial member of Jade. What you mean? Jade. Like, yes. Oh my God! Oh, you Lord. pulled up the way background back. vocals for Jane when they hit them notes wrong. What you mean? They did sometimes. I love y'all, Jane, but you know, I just know some of them notes was. They had a gap. They had a missing part. Corey, why you won't laugh out loud, Corey? No, oh, I have to okay. listen. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. it's like a gap. Everybody move your It's a little sharp. It's just a little too sharp. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm actually, I'm I'm laughing at that, but I'm also laughing. I had a girlfriend in college, Carmen. Um, She really looked like, um, I guess, Jean Baylor. Yeah. Yeah. So we would try to get into clubs, Uh right? And we'd be like, and she would would really act it out. She'd be like, I'm Shawnee. I'm Shawnee. And one dude down in Hampton, Virginia, shout out. He was like, he's like, you know what? You do look like her, but I know it's not you. (laughs) He's like, you're playing a game because she wouldn't be trying to get up in the club like this. I did think I was Aaliyah, too, on the low. I thought I was Aaliyah a little bit. Yeah, I could see Like, I had the whole outfit. I was like, I'm going to do this dance so y'all don't understand this back and forth. Yeah. I'm telling you, 90s music? I Listen, that's taking me to a place. But now I'm thinking about when you, I don't know the the, the man's name, but you told him boy bye. Yeah. You know, yeah, I don't think him. I'm Beyonce, but I didn't know what else to do. So let me just tell you all this. <laughs> it was either going to be that or I was going to cuss on air. So it, mm-hmm. I chose boy bye because my parents watch CNN. I don't <laughs> cuss in front of my parents. They know that I probably cuss. I'm not confessing to that parents, but... <laughs> Just for what it's worth. Actually, they're going to hear it on the podcast, so oh well. But yeah, so it was either cuss at him or tell him boy bye. Because he was arguing that the president, you needed to see President Obama's Harvard transcript to prove that he was a citizen. And then the fool said that I was like, he was like, well, we don't know where he was born. I was like, where was he born? Where was he born? He said Hawaii. I was like, you do know that's in the United States, right? Come on, bro. So they, it's either cussing or saying boy bye. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's what it is. There was something you, I think, that you said in our cover story or in maybe the interview that this time that we're in now is so important because people are they're just running buck wild. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. the way this government, the way I didn't watch that clip where the, I guess it was a guy, a newscaster in London, basically summed up Trump's 
uh, his assessment of Trump at the G20 mm-hmm. summit. Mm-hmm. And he and then I think Ava DuVernay tweeted like, this is what people think of America. Yes. And he's right. Wow. Yes. Wow. You know what I mean? So how I mean, how can regular citizens make change or would you tell them to encourage there to speak out against Trump? You know, one of the things that I would say um, specifically from my own experience are the number of people and the range of people who say that I speak for them on issues. So if that is indeed the case, um, just like you saw, like the Women's March come about, it's an ordinary citizen saying this is something that we need to do. Let's get it done. And trusting that you have every gift, every talent that you need to make it happen, you know, and that doesn't mean that you do it on your own. It's just like putting it out there, like just putting it out there into the atmosphere, into the universe saying, this is what I feel like I need to do for my sanity or for me. This is what I feel like I need to do to make sure that I'm making a difference. I promise you there are two, three, maybe a thousand, maybe 10,000, maybe a million people who are on that same page. And so we just have to trust that we have all of the faculties that we need to get it done. Um, and that's just where we are right now, mm-hmm. you know. So whether it's, you know, when you want to do a letter writing campaign or you want to do a march or you want to start a social media, you know, a hashtag, whatever it is, know that there are people out there that are thinking exactly like you're thinking and are also f- afraid to take that next first and very important step. What are you always talking about politics with your friends? I mean, I know you got some really mm-hmm. cool friends. I mean, we mentioned Charlemagne, <laughs> De- uh, Jesus and Miro. Yeah, love. I love them. I know. Yeah, I love we're them. not that we're not that close, but I do love them. They are like I love all the attention they're getting right yeah. now. Like yeah. it's so deserved for just being so down to earth and cool. Um, with Leonard Charlemagne, the God, um, <laughs> we talk about black stuff. Like just like how do we ensure that there's greater ownership in the community that we are supporting black owned businesses and black initiatives and. Um, you know, putting our resources into black banks a lot. We spent a lot of time talking about that. And that's one of your pen tweets. Is yeah, to bank yeah it's, black. it's just so important. And um, but why? why? I think because we keep expecting for somebody to do something when we are not doing it ourselves, mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. And I think, two, um, given this current state of affairs, we have to make sure we're looking out for our community. Um, I don't th- see that as a separatist agenda. I see that as a smart agenda. Um, we can't expect for school to perform if the schools don't have the resources. We can't expect for our banks to compete with the banks, the Bank of America or Wells Fargo or whatever else if we're not putting the same amount of resources into those institutions. When you look at black spending power in this country, which is now over $1.3 trillion, if we're not recycling that dollar into our own businesses and into our own financial institutions, we're going to have a real problem. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to get worse under this current administration. So that's yeah. why it's abundantly important right now. If Jay-Z's talking about it, yeah. you know, it's probably worth a conversation. If y'all ain't going to listen to us, listen to Jay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know what I appreciate about you, Angela, is that you make talking politics and activism accessible the fact that one minute you're quoting Beyonce and the next minute you're quoting some bill that most of us don't know anything about mm-hmm. it really is it it makes being an activist accessible mm-hmm. like I could be I could be her you mm-hmm. know I can you know the even the way you talk I'm mm-hmm. like oh my god that's, she sounds like a homegirl mm-hmm. but like a really well-read homegirl <laughs> um, I do want to I've always every time I watch you I wonder what do you read like how do you keep yourself um, so on point and witty and sharp like your facts mm-hmm. you always have like a really good like background information on anything that you're talking about you know um, and reading is, is fundamental um, and so mm-hmm. what I will tell you is normally 
what I'll do is like I'm on Twitter and I follow like Politico. My Hill Rags are Politico, The Hill. Um, hill Rags, y'all. Y'all hear that? Hill, Hill Rags. <laughs> Exclusive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> major key <laughs> so um, <laughs> but, but I think it, there are those things there are, there are the New York Times LA Times Seattle Times shout out to Seattle Boston Globe Essence obviously um, you know you're reading things to not just uh, know what's going on but see it from different mm-hmm. yeah, varying viewpoints yeah. is so it's critical um, to see how people I even read some of the crazy right wing yeah, stuff just so I know to. how they're processing yeah. information CNN obviously Fox News MSNBC NBC ABC like I read all of those pieces um, and I love to see the different perspectives on the news, yeah. um, especially now, because and, and it's important for you to understand, you know, listener, everyday listener, like you are your own fact checker now. Mm-hmm. I think things really change. The tide changed during the presidential election, the general, when the debate commission said that it wasn't the job of the moderator to fact check. Mm. To me, that was a game changer because when has the news not been? It's supposed to be. That's exactly where you check the facts. So if the moderator, who is ordinarily a news host, is with two presidential candidates that can basically come up and tell a story and not have to be fact-checked, that means that that power, that onus is now on us. You know, that power is in our hands. So I took that very seriously. And to me, I really believe that was like a game changing day where you started seeing that even um, news hosts, moderators, hosts weren't anchors, weren't fact checking anymore. So it became the uh, it became the responsibility of the other pundit, mm-hmm. um, which is not a responsibility I enjoy, but it's one that I'll take on because I don't want people getting lied to. Yeah. I take mm-hmm. that. It's a privilege and, a, and an awesome responsibility to be on air. So I take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm, I'm thinking about? Uh, just as an aside, I'm wh- in listening to what you read and what you have to take, what you fight for. What has been a moment where you were just broken? And I'm thinking about mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to when Trevor Noah, he did a great bit. It wasn't even a bit, but he did a thing about watching that video of Philando mm-hmm. Castile oh, when the little God. girl came that out. Was powerful. He was, cr- yeah, you know, he, yeah. he he broke on camera. What has been that moment for you? And then I also want to ask you, what do you do for self-care? Mm-hmm. Because um, this is a lot we're dealing with. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think the first moment for me, like modern moment for me, was um, when the George Zimmerman verdict came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that changed a lot Trayvon of our Martin. lives. It was, it was yeah. so hard. Um, and so I didn't know what to do, but I was laying up. Um, I was in New York. We just finished... Um, what play did we see? I like blocked it out some of it, but I, like we we were during, doing the CBC PAC retreat. Um, that's the Congressional Black Caucus Political Action Committee, and we went to see a play. And I can't even tell you what the play was, but the play was amazing. It was Motown. Oh, Motown mm, was shout musical. out Brandon Victor Dixon. Yes, it was. It was, it was Motown, good. and it was so powerful. And of course, there was the you know Marvin Gaye, "What's Going On" mm-hmm. moment, but none of us were on our phones. And so, as soon as the play was over. We checked our phones. We were supposed to be having this time with the cast afterwards. And when I tell you, they all came out on stage and were broken, and we were all broken, and we just couldn't even really engage in that way. You know, I'm on the the bus going back with the members, like, checking their press statements for what they're going to say. And I just just lay in a bed, like, awake, and I um, ended up tweeting. I was like, let's just get on a conference call. And so there were thousands of people calling into these conference calls, like, 
I think we probably ended up doing like three and then I was like, okay, I don't know what to do with this next. But um, people just wanted answers and wanted to be able to vent and wanted to figure out how to sort through the frustration. And I think what makes that particular moment worse for me right now is that there have been so many more Trayvon-like situations and we still don't even have an answer like for Sabrina, you know. Mm. Um, I hate that. I hate that. And then what I think makes it or just as um, insult to injury is this country has elected someone who represents that nonsense on steroids. You know, there's an attorney general Mm. in the department of what I call now the department of injustice who represents that mentality on steroids. And it's hurtful. And it's sad when you think about what we just had in the White House. Yeah, Barack Obama didn't do everything right on police brutality, but we got a hell of a lot more done there than we will ever get done under this administration. And so I just I think about, you know, W.E.B. asking what is the meaning of progress and thinking about what that means in the context of having gone backwards, you know, and it's hurtful to try to even explain that to like my godchildren or, you know, to talk through that with my parents. Um, But yeah, the election too was another one where I felt broken. I laid out on the floor after TV was over that night crying you know and I tell this story all the time I called Joy Reed the next morning if Joy hadn't answered the phone I might still be in a bed but I <laughs> called her I was crying on the phone with her. I was like how did this happen what happened you know um and I still don't exactly know what happened I just know we got to do something about it amen so what do you do to have fun what do you do to feel your oh, my self-care so the self-care thing I say all the time is um is um probably a problem I really like shopping that's a Clearly, problem. because this outfit is everything right this now. This outfit was reasonably priced. <laughs> um, I think we need a conference call on shopping because <laughs> we uh, we all at this table. We need an intervention. Probably, yes, we do. Wait, side yes. note, can y'all tell you about the bills I have, the shopping I do right before festival? Because I, me too. Now, let me tell you, the, the Monday before festival, I'll be like, Corey, just wear what just, you have. You can just recycle. Just dry clean. Just, they, these people haven't seen you. And then what am I end up doing on Canal Street at that sax? At the sax. Oh, Lord. And the anthropology. By and the, the J. Crew. The J. Crew. The brand new <laughs> That's Did cute, you really though. need it? It is and cute. And then I'm it's taking cute. two and three cards. All right, here, put 30 on this one. <laughs> no. I know that ain't right, y'all. But I know somebody out there feel me. <laughs> financial literacy advisor, please call. Hello. Yes, paging. Maybe that should be literacy. our next guest. Yes. That is hilarious. <laughs> yes, please. So there's so that. Shopping. I love um, the spa. I love getting a quick mani-pedi. I love talking to my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I love talking to my parents. Um, to Having a conversation with my dad is always one that grounds me. My mom, I got to ask her advice one day and then call back the next day to get it because she is that thoughtful, but she need a minute. Uh-huh. Um, she does. She likes to process. That's good. One of yeah. us needs to process, and now she got to deal with me and my dad. That's crazy. <laughs> I feel bad. Sorry, mom. Are you the only child? Um, no, I have an older brother. Nice. We are 14 years apart. Um, but no, he does. What does Brian do? Brian doesn't really engage like that on these things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a kind of a mix between my mom and dad on how he engages on stuff. Yeah. Sometimes he has outbursts like my dad. Sometimes he's quiet like my mom. I I love that you love your dad and social media. You show that your yeah. love for your dad. I, I love. I love them both. Those yeah. are my road dogs, man. Yeah. My parents, we kick it. My best friend says all the time, she's like, I don't know anybody that loves their parents as much as you. And I was like, well, you need to yeah. get on that. That's my best friend. That's my yeah. best friend. That's my best friend. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. I bought my mom a best friend car once because there was no other Mother's Day cards left. <laughs> oh, Lord. She opened it and said, I'm not your friend. Ooh. And put it down. And put it down. I'm your mama. I'm your mama. Well, damn, mom. But it's funny, but we talk every day. 
Wow. So now you should you should get her another one and be like, I bet you my friend now, now girl. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I do. I said it to my mom all the time. Hey, girl. You have to, you know, just make sure. She says that I'm her best friend. Right. What's your plans for the summer? Um, girl, I'm just trying to get through. You know, when the struggling <laughs> saints be talking, I'm just trying to get through. I'm just going to make, make it dated. Seriously, we have a crazy president. I don't know what I'm going to be yeah. doing tomorrow. His yeah. crazy son tweeted out some stuff that's not helpful. That was crazy. Exactly. Like, oh I don't know God. what I'm going to do. I'm just gonna try, trying to get through. Get through. Wow. Time's hard. Right. So, no, I do I'm going to do something fun. I just don't know what yet. I do have one more thing to ask you. Mm-hmm. There's this quote that floats around supposedly by Mark Twain but nobody's been able to like confirm it. it. Yeah, Did so you it look says on Snopes with Snopes say about it. They say they don't know. Okay. It's unproven. But the quote is it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people use this yes, quote God. when they're speaking particularly to anybody that voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. Um and how, you know, the 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 white voters that voted for Trump, you're angry at the wrong people because it's so, so true. So tell me about when you confront not confront is too strong a word, but when you are in the presence of Trump supporters, what what do you what do you say to them? I don't. <laughs> you talking about besides TV? Yeah, besides TV. I don't think I see them. They yeah. don't. You know, I will say this: if I see like the Make America Great Again hats and stuff in DC. I'll be so glad today that I got on my We Built This Joint for Free shirt or something. I just feel like we having battles on T-shirts right yeah. now and hats. Yeah. So that's what it feels like. But I'm not talking to them. Like, yeah. I really don't know what to tell you. I feel like, you know, um, what Remy Ma says, are you dumb? That's you what I, dumb? that's all yeah. I got. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Are you, do you really believe what you, like, seriously? So I'm still mad. I need to channel that some way, in some way. Maybe I need to download. I keep saying I'm gonna download Talkspace again, the little app, so I can because I need to get my mind right. I'm not ready to talk to them. Like what? You tried to set me. You tried, you tried to, to send me, me back to somebody's damn plantation. That's what you just did with this phone. My That's God. how I feel. Yeah. I do want you to reiterate the the danger of Jeff Sessions again. Ugh, so for the there's people, so because many layers to this. Sometimes we focus so much on yeah. Trump. But there's another danger no, that there is probably... There are several other yeah. dangers yeah. all up in that cabinet yeah. and in the White House, you know? Yeah. Oh, by the way, for those of you that thought Omarosa worked in the White House, she don't. She works in the executive office building no. down there. Yes, she don't have no office in there. No. No, she don't even get to check the mail in there. I'm going to stop throwing shade at her one day, but it's not today. Of our own. The honorable. The honorable what? <laughs> if you got to sign your own letter, the honorable... <laughs> That means you probably, there's no honor. What did I say? What was it? The, what was the movie? No honor. What, what is it called? Is that a book? I made that. Okay. Well, I'm about to make up some stuff that's going to get fact checked on Snopes. So let me stop. Oh, you know what I was thinking about? No country for, uh, that's wrong. Anyway. But, <laughs> anyway, the, the point is, what did you ask me? Oh, all the dangers. Yeah, I got distracted. Yes, 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 she yes. dangerous as hell. Yes, she is. I told the people at Essence, all your skin folk, ain't yo? Skin folk. You better yeah. tell them what it is. So wow. Jeff Sessions is really bad. And I could this probably could be its own podcast, but I'm going to give you the short version. The short version is one of the first things he did when he became the attorney general was rescind a memo from the Obama administration mm. that would say, we are no longer going to rely as heavily on private prisons. He rescinded that memo. Then the next thing he did was tell prosecutors all over the country, mm. we're going to prosecute to the fullest extent of the law um, low-level drug offenses. That also undo- undoes like something like the clemency initiative mm. under Barack Obama where folks who did, had nonviolent drug offenses wouldn't be prosecuted so severely. 
what do those two things have to do together? The people who would be prosecuted so severely would now be going into those private prisons, yeah. which makes sense because private prison stock rose two days after Trump's election. Wow. They were all very Those clear all about what that would mean. The bros. So this is, the, uh, you know, the next revision or the next iteration, rather, of the war on drugs. So we need to be clear about that. They also just stood up this Election Integrity Commission. Mm. Let me tell you, I would not ever want to check on election integrity for me. I don't know somebody that would have worked with Russia to steal one. Mm. So um, the Election Integrity Commission is supposed to be looking into this voter fraud claim that Donald Trump relied on all throughout the election or right after the election, talking about three million illegal um, immigrants or undocumented people, as most decent people would say, voted. Not true. They're using this commission to prove that. What does that have to do with Jeff Sessions? Jeff Sessions is the same dude Mm -hmm. that lost his ability to be a federal judge in the um, 80s because he was prosecuting civil rights activists for voter fraud. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. this whole construction of voter fraud when, you know, when white votes aren't enough um, is something that's not new. Um, It has everything to do with voter suppression. We need to pay attention to it. So Mm -hmm. our folks have been saying for a long time, particularly our elders, vote, 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 people died for your right to vote. And some of the younger people say, why do you have to talk about black death to get me to vote? Hell, I don't know, but let me tell you what we shouldn't do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This right here. So there are so many other examples, like just those two. But Jeff Sessions is dangerous. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a real dangerous thing. Mm. Oh, Lord, Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, I told you, we Chad, I'm just trying to, trying to get yeah. through. We have a lot like of work Vanessa to Williams do. said. Yeah. What'd she say? I got work to do. Oh, I'm glad y'all know. <laughs> I'm glad y'all know. I didn't know where we were going with that. <laughs> I thought she was always telling me, dreaming, you know, like, dreaming. yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know where we was going with that. So you ain't done These R&B, R&B references. Throwback. Yeah, I need y'all to tell me what we doing. Superwoman. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, little Karen White in here. Listen. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, guys. And tell them where to find your podcast. Yes, podcast is available on all platforms, on Apple, on Spotify, on Tidal, on Google Play, on SoundCloud. Wait, Tidal got pop- podcasts. Yeah, yeah, they put mine up. They put mine out because it's popping. So, Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I got Tidal. Check that out. I don't out. know about you. Yo, yeah. I, I love Jay. I love Beyonce. <laughs> Y'all not getting my money. Ooh. I'm sorry. You know what it is? Because I can't pay for Apple, Spotify, Get rid of title. one of those. No, I, I really At like least Spotify's title's partially um, black owned. Hashtag buy black. Ooh, no. Damn. Ooh. Okay. You got it right. Well, mm-hmm. on that you note, spend all your money for Essence clothes. And you didn't sound like you went to no black <laughs> vendors for that neither, Essence. Come on. Come through Essence. She's looking at me with her mouth wide open. I Y'all went can't to a black hairstylist. She that went to yes. a black hairstylist. And we were shopping at the Essence No, you don't get no points for doing I what you're supposed to do. No. Mm-hmm. no, I can't give you those points. And don't ask for the reparations discount. I'm notorious for asking for the reparations discount. <laughs> so bold. Listen, you know what? I think I might start doing that at the mainstream stores. You should you a reparations you discount. You know, that, like, you know what, that, ma'am? You, you know that your revenue is you you this business was built on the backs of slaves. Is there a reparations mm-hmm. discount? Up next, more yes girl to come. Oh my gosh, Angela Rye can I'm so inspired now. I'm about to follow all these Twitter accounts that she talks about. Oh yes, we are. Because I'm about to get educated. But hold up. Corey, you're one of the most well read people I know, but oh, I'm gonna God. leave that alone. Here's my confession though. Um <laughs> 
the way my Twitter account set up. Sometimes when I get the links, I see them, but I don't necessarily click on the links. Got it. Got it's it. a lot of text sometimes. It's a lot. Sometimes. It's a lot, especially it's, when you're trying to put kids to bed. Yeah. It's a lot. But you know what I did read was 443. Yes. When that got in my Twitter feed. That was amazing. Candace Benbo and our Charlie Penn is with us to talk about 443. Let's do it. Ladies, here in the house today, we have Candace Bembo, who now she is the author of that 443 article that's all over the internet. The one <laughs> I know somebody texted you guys and sent you guys. And if you don't know, before we talk to Candace, hey boo, um, hey. Candace is also the author of the Lemonade Syllabus yes. that went viral when Lemonade album came out. Yes. And the Seat at the Table Syllabus. Seat at the Table, yeah. Okay, when Solange's <laughs> album came out. So, Candace is here to talk about what she knows very well, which is that how we navigate around some of these important discussions that Jay and Bay are bringing up for us. Yes. So Thank welcome, you. Candace. Thank you for having me. Yes, girl. You're wow. trying to break the internet. <laughs> Hallelujah. 443. I know everybody now, read what it. Was four, now tell me, I'm a little late because I got read down at Essence Festival <laughs> when I had not listened to 444. Okay. Because I was busy hosting Essence Festival. Right. <laughs> Good reason. <laughs> Shout out to Shaheen Reed because I told him backstage. I was like, I saw your post about, you know, 444 and I haven't read it. He gave me the look like, why what? are you talking to me? Why aren't you, why <laughs> Go are you do not it now. downloading title right now? Right. So really quickly, 444. Yeah. So before we really just spill all the tea with Candace, because I know you guys have questions, like Yolanda says, we have so many. Um, if you don't know, Jay-Z released the album 444 and then Candace released an essay entitled 443. Yes. I don't even know where to start. She, I mean, she went in about the pain of breakups. Yes, and the emotional girl. I don't even. I don't even know. But how wait, to this is in response to Jay Z. really explicitly explaining Becky and cheating on Bay right. allegedly, reportedly. Uh, yeah, allegedly, reportedly. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, but so I on the internet they said that four 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 forty three right was. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, Basically, 444 is when Jay-Z woke up to mm-hmm. write this album. Right. And so 443 is like what happened, is a woman's response to what happened before right. 444. Exactly. Okay. Right. So for me, 444 is Jay's maturity or a man's maturity in a relationship um, that leads to both the restoration and the reconciliation of that relationship. And 443 for me represented what it's like to be the woman who doesn't get to that moment. Like who, whether you are in a relationship with a brother and it ends abruptly, or whether you may have been, you know, with someone that you thought, like y'all were just kicking it or whatever, and things didn't go the way that you thought that they would be. So 443 for me is what is the moment before you get to the happily ever after that you in your relationship are seeking. Mm-hmm. Mm, and okay, I need to quote it here because this I felt was amazing. You say, with visceral reactions to an album that reminds us how we never got to 444, all you gave us was Song Cry. Yes. Which is a brilliant song, by the way. Absolutely. Um, but if you can walk us back to the night, the day that you heard the album and immediately thought, okay, I need to write a response. And then you pressed publish. So, yes. Yeah, so so what was really interesting was that I took a nap and woke up so that I could live <laughs> tweet this album just like everybody else. And I remember it's it was amazing, but I kept feeling heavy. 
right? Mm. So that Friday, I got up to hang with my friends, and I was like, why am I sad? Like, why, why is, I was still listening to the album, why is this heavy for me? And then I sat down and I said, it's hard for me and it's heavy for me because in the relationship that I was in, situationship, whatever you want to call it, I wanted us to get to that point, to 444, and we didn't. And it's been month, we're months removed from the ending, but it still hurts. And so here I am listening to a brother step up and say, I didn't do right by you. I'm ready to be what you need me to be. I'm ready to be a better man for myself and for you. And it just stung that I didn't get that from the person who I consider to be the love of my life, right? So I was like, how am I going to move beyond this? A couple of places asked me to do um, 444 reviews. And I was like, I think that's the work of brothers to to say this. So I didn't want to do that. Um, But I still wanted to write out what I was feeling. So I sat down and I wrote this. And I said, well, maybe I'll pitch this. And I said, no, because I don't want anyone to change my voice, cut the words. Like, this is me. And so I sat with it for a while. And I told my friends, I was like, I'm not going to push it. And they were like, no, like, you, you need to get this out. So I woke up that day, July 4th, and said, I'm going to do it. I'm just gone. It was already in draft. Like, all I literally had to do was (laughs) press publish. Right. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I press publish, put it out in, like, my social media spaces that I wrote it. My friend was performing in Philly for their 4th of July. And then I had a a, um, cookout. And, like, I started getting text messages from my friends, like, yo, like, are you on social media? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm living my I'm life. Out. Like, right. I'm out. I had this eating plate. hamburger, grilled corn. <laughs> like, I'm good, right? <laughs> so they were like, you need to look at social media. So as soon as I log on, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I had no clue. That it would happen like this? That it was going to happen like that. Like, it was, it was surreal. And still is surreal. That, I mean, we were 24 hours in and it already had 100,000 views. Oh, I so, believe like, it. It was, it was crazy. Cause and, Candace, on our end, and you guys tell me, I, all I know is I was half asleep and my phone was like, ding, ding, all these alerts, <laughs> and it was people texting me the link, people um, at mentioning me in Twitter about like, have you seen this? Have you read it? I felt, and it was all women. Everybody wow. was like, okay, I have so many reactions and emotions after reading this piece. It was trigger. It was a yeah. trigger, not in a negative way, but right. you know, we, we all had to talk about yeah. what you were talking about because we almost all women can relate to yeah, the story that was, you shared it was, and the emotions. It was, it was, it is my most vulnerable. And I mean, I, as a writer, I have shared, you know, um, my journey, right? My grief journey, losing my mom, like my journey of going through sexual assault. Like I've, I have shared, but this was me saying like, I love somebody that somebody ain't do right by me. And I'm still sad and feel some kind of way about it, right? And mm-hmm. so what does it look like particularly to be someone who I was born and raised in church, always taught to forgive, always taught to just, you know, 
let give it to Jesus, let it go, let God, and then you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not necessarily true, right? So it's like what what is what's going on with me that I'm listening to Marcy Me and like I want to fight him, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like what what is it still? Because I was in my feelings, right? Like I was. And how long ago was this breakup? Our last conversation was May. Oh, so it's that's still wrong. That's very wrong. Yeah. Have you heard from him since the piece went viral? I have not. I was dying to know that. I Do you think not. he's read it? So I said I don't know, but our friends are like, "Girl, ain't no way he didn't read mm-hmm. it." Somebody you sent know? it to him. So I don't, I don't know. Like he, I doubt very seriously that he would ever tell me. Mm. Um, and I mean, and so that's the that's the like the part, the underside and the ugly side of this, right? Of like breakups and and before we were anything, like he was my best friend, mm-hmm. right? So like mm-hmm. what does it look like even to be in a moment like this where like he knew more than anybody? I have sat on a query letter to send the Essence magazine to write for Essence for like three years. So like to be here today doing all of this and like the first person that you want to tell and call is the one person that you can't, right? And so we don't give women space to say, that is literally how I feel, right? And so I've been grateful to have homegirls and homeboys, friends and loved ones who give me that room. But the response to 443 makes it clear that everybody doesn't have that space, right? Mm-hmm. And what, is it, what does it mean that, like, on, on my way here this morning, a woman was 58 years old, sent a message and said, I finally get to feel like mm. I can speak and feel, you know, like what is it? What does it mean that people are looking for, particularly sisters, are looking for space and they don't get that space. Right. And so you have this piece that comes out that for me was very personal and very specific. Right. Like. And people are saying, like, I felt like you ripped a page out of my diary and was telling my story. So, like, the the universal experience that we have with brothers that doesn't often get talked about. And particularly, I know, I mean, me and my friends, we had a whole video chat conference call about it. You know, you had to have that conversation. But what we were really stuck on was this idea that how much emotional support do we have to give a man for his growth? right. Why is that a requirement, it feels like, for modern-day love, almost for every woman to kind of uplift a man, better a man, or help a man get to a place where he can know how to love or how to love better? And then so many of us become the ex, and like you said, witness him move forward with the next woman or the woman after that. And you really talk about, like, is this where we are? Is this required? And I really got to find what you said because— I mean, the line was so true. It's like, is this is this what we're doing here? Is this what it yeah, is? Yeah, like, like, and they I, said, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, for me, it felt. Like I will, I will never forget. Um, he and I had this little uh, thing that we did with each other, and for my birthday, he like sent me this text of like um, all the things that I like brought out of him. Like he, it was a mm. description of like our relationship and like what he was grateful for. And I remember sitting there, and I was I I I texted him back. It was one of my gifts. I texted him back and was like, "Did you really think that this was 
that this made me feel good like like what is it what does like, it mean minute, like what does it mean that I that you know yourself better because of me right mm-hmm. like what does it mean that you've grown but I don't get to be the beneficiary of that growth right I don't get to be the person who benefits from the ways in which being loved by me and being in space with me made you more introspective about yourself like that's just not fair right like and we don't talk enough about the ethics of love right mm. like that Jeez. there should okay. be Come on, like somebody. there should Daniel. be right <laughs> right like exactly. there's some stuff that you just but don't you don't do. do that sir right like but they just, do that all the time because they no offense fellas but, but no but like truth. and i mean and i think when you look at at the 444 footnotes the video mm-hmm. that's on title now like they have been reared that that's what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. right that they are supposed to we are so we are supposed to be so happy and so glad that a man dares look our way right and that we are supposed to be so grateful that we keep that we keep pouring in and that we keep giving of ourselves and they keep you know enhancing and they keep growing and then they there's nothing that says to them like i might even need to like not do this or I need to honor the level of commitment that she is giving me. Like, mm-hmm. what does it mean to say, because you love me and because I've been bettered by that love, that I'm going to give it back to you? Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, like, I got an email. A lady was like, my husband woke up one day after 12 years and was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And she was like, what do I do with that? Like, what? <laughs> what do I, what do I do with that that I, that you get to wake up and say but I'm grateful like literally she was like he said you know I'm grateful because you know you've you've taught me so much about myself as he's packing his bags right you know so it's like we don't even get the space to deal with the trauma that comes with loving brothers right that that why does me loving you and I can love you from a very real and transformative and Mm -hmm. authentic space, why does that leave me broken? Right. Or why am I good enough to take the journey with you? Right. And to carry you with me, but not good enough to enjoy the destination? Because I think a lot of... (laughs) I really think... You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what it is so much that we feel when we see that man move on. You know, and most of us... I mean, I'm happily married, but we all have that ex where it's like, I'm still waiting on that phone call, that apology, that I'm sorry that I did you that way, or I'm sorry that I didn't fully explain why you weren't enough. But I do think a lot of times we see men so willing to go on that journey of growth with the woman but then when they've grown you guys know that Layla Hathaway and Joe Sample song um, oh yeah, my god when, yeah, when, your, life when your life was low, low. Yeah, I mean it's low. like for real right. like you know they're always willing to be in the trenches with you then right. but when they rise up it's like you know what but you know what thank you for this if they even say it right. but you're still not quite exactly the queen I want to sit on that, my throne right exactly but thanks for going through the kingdom with me what right yeah so I want to know is it what would healing from this look like? Wow. Um, healing for me um, has looked like and is looking like the ability to be honest with myself um, and give myself the courage and the permission to say, I miss him. Right? Mm-hmm. As loaded as that is, to say, I love him. 
and to say, and I deserve full love, right? Whatever that looks like, whoever gives it to me, I deserve full love. Like, I deserve to be loved in a way that allows me to see the possibilities of life, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so so healing for me has been, um, and we talked about this a little before before we started recording, but healing also has been, for me, being honest about, the ways I need to grow in a relationship, right? So growing up in a single-parent home and seeing my mama do it all by herself, right? And that I took that, because at the end of the day, like, and particularly as someone who uh, my mom has passed, um, I have only me to depend on, Mm -hmm. right? So the only person that I have to depend on right now is myself. So what does it mean to acknowledge that, but also allow myself to be vulnerable in a relationship that doesn't that doesn't always make it a struggle, right? That doesn't that leans me into being able to say this this man can be a soft place to land, mm-hmm. and I'm going to allow him to be a soft place in me. Um, and so that's what healing has been for me. Is just the I have journal. I'm gonna tell you, I have journal more. In the seven days <laughs> since, this article, since this article has come out about just my own journey, right? To even just to even just put this out, right? Like, you know, like, and everybody, literally every day I get asked, like, have you talked to him? Like, what has he said? Right. Blah, blah, blah. What's going on? You know, but like, the even the ability to just be like, what do I need to do from this moment forward? to ensure that I never have to write another 443. Like that, like that's major, right? Like what does it mean for me to say that if it's if it's that I'm asking questions from the beginning, if it means that, you know, we we have an uncomfortable conversation, like we not waiting until cuz you know, we got some bad like advice too that you made right. six months you mm-hmm. seeing somebody's representative for six no I don't have six months <laughs> right like this is me <laughs> right like Hold on. like this is all my stuff like do you want to deal with all my stuff what's all your stuff and we'll figure it out so so the ability to just be honest and vulnerable that's been healing for me but see now do we really know the answer to that question right like how do I get to a place where I don't have to write another 443 right. I'm still trying to that, that's common complicated and layered because on one hand we have to ask ourselves if you do the work you know if you uplift him and then it works out and you guys get married and everybody's good and your relationship is stronger for it then it wasn't the wrong decision you know there's a lot of like sometimes it's not that we regret the work we regret the work because we didn't get the we didn't reap the benefit yeah and so wonder if the benefit is always the man or is the benefit the lesson it could be both that's real. Well, I don't know what the benefit is for me. Right <laughs> we now. all like, don't know. Like, I'm, I'm at 443. <laughs> like, don't I'm, fast forward this track I mean, if, 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 <laughs> if, if it has brought these opportunities for me, like, I don't even want to say that it was worth it, but I'm grateful for the space to grow and learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. But I also think, too, that one of the things is um, that I said at the end is the importance of women being in relationship with men who are doing the work to be well, right? Mm. Like, so so part of it is like, so part of it is like, we can hear Jay say, you mature faster than me, I wasn't ready. And then we can understand the backstory of all of the ways in which men have gotten ridiculous relationship advice. Fast forward now, 
the question becomes, what are you doing to become ready? Like, mm-hmm. are you in therapy? Mm-hmm. Do you go to church? Do you talk to your mama? Do you even like your daddy? Like, what are, like... <laughs> talk what? to your married friends. You know what I'm you saying? Do you have like, any married friends? Do you have any married friends, mm-hmm. right? Like, do your kids like you? You mm. know, like, those are, like, those are some real... Do you know your kids, right? So those are some <laughs> real questions that you have to <laughs> ask each them. other. Mm-hmm. That you have to ask him to say, like... Are you gonna be safe space for me? Right. right. Because part of it is that these men can be amazing brothers. The guy that I wrote this about is an amazing everybody loves him. He is an amazing man. He was not safe space for me. Mm. Right? And so what does it mean? Candace, you know what I'm saying? Like he, like he wasn't safe. Like where he was in his life at that point and what he was doing, it wasn't safe space for me, right? And so what does it look like to say this is what safe space looks like for me and I will not allow you to be it if you have not done these things or not doing these things in order to in order to be well enough to be in relationship with me and I think that that begins the conversations that sisters we have to have with each other right like I don't give relationship advice I believe that whatever you do you know best suited what you need for your life right as your friend I'm supposed to rock with you either way what I believe is that you need to be reminded that it whatever decision it needs to abound in love right Mm -hmm. so but what does it mean to then say okay this is a relationship that may be worth fighting for right and who cares what my homegirls think right who cares what social media is gonna think right and this might be a relationship that I need to walk away from and do what the necessary healing. Um, that's one of the reasons why I love Lemonade was because a lot of us had not seen what it looked like to to stay and fight mm-hmm. and make a relationship work, right? You and know, to work like, through those emotions. Like she loves him, yeah, but but she does not allow him to come back as the same OJ. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this is the first album since they have been together that we get him calling her his wife. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even that. catch that. Like, uh, what? The other album, She's a B. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the baddest one. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the first the one. The the right. Like this is the first. Bay, right. Bay. This is the first one where he's like, this is my wife. Mm. You know, like that. That's Candace. growth. That's growth. Right, so so what is it? Yeah, Lou over here. Okay, um, Lou, <laughs> our producer, our producer is looking real red Amen. right now. <laughs> He's like, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like so. What does it mean to give and be in space that says I love you, but I am going to make sure that you are right mm. and well for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I believe that that's what we saw. We see it in. You know, Lemonade, we see it in 444. Like, we see good and true and real love. And I think that's what I, beyond the chatter of, did he cheat on her? Did she cheat on, you know what I mean? What I appreciate is that through J and B, we're seeing how we're having conversations about what love looks like right. you know they i mean she is you hear people saying well she if, if he can cheat on her he, anybody can right. cheat on me and, and that's not true i mean at right. the end of the day she's a woman right you know she mm-hmm. might be a woman with a lot of money and beauty right. and, and she's a woman she's a woman and maybe the way that we approach relationships 
of course we can sit here for hours and hours but also we got to talk about what we saw right. what love looked like when we were in our formative years right. what did we see and here we are now 10 20 years later we are manifesting what we saw with our mothers with our fathers right. and that's what she's doing that's what he's doing right. and I think I appreciate from you and from even from him like that we're having these conversations about love and they're raw mm-hmm. as they should be yeah. and it's a heartbreak unfortunately it's a shared experience so we it's can't universal. deny that and it's universal and it's shared and we have to can keep talking about it Candace thank you so much thank you thank you for it was beautifully written thank that piece you. was thank right you. on time and I'm so happy that I keep seeing it on my feeds thank you one quick question I'm curious why 443 and not 445 because I'm not I think 443 acknowledges the ways in which you're not ready to you're not you're not healed and you're not over it. I think 445 for me represents the other side of this when you've done the healing work and you can look back and say I learned. I love them. I wish them well, you know, but I've learned from it and I'm ready to move forward. And I think a lot of us at 443 are still in the 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 confusion, the anger, the sadness, and that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know the clock doesn't stop, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the beauty of it. The goodness is is that if there's a four forty three, there's gonna be a four forty five. Candace, please come back. Okay, anytime. Anytime. Okay, and Candace, we appreciate you and your so openness much. and your honesty, and thank, thank you for sharing. You. And yes, girl, that yes. piece, just yes, girl. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks to our guests, Angela Rye and Candace Benbo. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes Girl, such as our conversations with Niecy Nash, Yanla Van Zandt, and Charlemagne the God. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there and keep your comments cute and constructive. We do want to hear from you. Please let us know your thoughts. Thanks to the folks at Digital Media for their production work. We'll see you next week.